think about this. Where do you think all those racers that were trying to come in and race, where do you think they just went with their import cars and, and whatever they wanted to go show off on the track? They probably went to Front Street in Philadelphia or somewhere to go down there and street race and potentially kill somebody. It's time for another episode of Class Racing Today. Thank you so much for coming, hanging around for the ride. Uh, Brian and Bobby are here to talk about a <laughs> some crazy that's going on in the racing world this week. Uh, this episode brought to you by Coffee by Artisan.com. Artisan Coffee. Um, don't forget to uh, get your morning started right. Coffee by Artisan.com. Join the race team and get a free, t- free shirt, hat, and 15% off of coffee. Don't forget to say thank you. Uh, we appreciate their support for the show. Brian and Bobby, you are back again. How's it going? Doing well. And looking at some nice sunshine today in Jersey for once. Been yeah. raining a lot. It's been depressing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> happy to see a uh, you know a nice little change there. Brian, what's going on? How's South Dakota? Our weather here is just weird. <laughs> like... I think it was sunny and nice, and then I'm driving, and like 10 minutes later, there's like, is that snowflakes falling? <laughs> I think it was like 40 degrees out, and there's snowflakes falling, and I don't know if that's some kind of weird chemistry thing or what, but I was I was a little mystified by how it can be snowing when it was supposed to be so nice, but um, it was kind of spring, and then it was kind of winter, and I don't know what we're going to have today. I think tomorrow's supposed to be nice, but... Hopefully. Yeah, that's why we live in South Dakota. We're, <laughs> is that why? Uh, we're consistently variable when it comes to weather. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. It's just, that's got to be, when we were at Class Racer Nationals, or uh, Class Racer uh, Revival, I'm, well, I was had like a t-shirt on, a thermal on, a sweatshirt on, and a jacket on, and here comes Brian flying by me on a golf cart with a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that guy's problem? <laughs> they say it takes like five years for your blood to thicken enough to where you can handle our temperatures, and I don't know. I just don't do well in the heat, like. I tell my wife after a race, I'm like, we should go somewhere where it's warm and you can race all year round. And wait, I don't really like spiders, snakes, or heat, so I better stick to South Dakota. Oh, I, I hats off to you. Uh, I think maybe you're just jealous of your uh, that you have a, a good governor and we have this governor, but that's as that's as far as I'll go with with the political talk. This is a racing podcast. I think maybe the problem is, is heat rises, Bobby. So when we were at the track together, I was just in a little different thermal zone than you were. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my only short joke for the day. All right. That's, that was a pretty good one, too. I liked it. All right. So we have some results and recaps here. Las Vegas had their Denso spark plugs, uh, four wide nationals, and four wide for only pro racers. Not four wide for stock and super stock. Sorry, Brian. I know you wanted to see that and thought it would be pretty cool. But um, as far as the win, we got Connor Statler and an A-stock automatic 69 Camaro. Took the win over his uh, engine builder, Greg Stanfield. And Brad Rounds took the win in his super stock B-stock Cobalt. Brad Rounds has been tearing it up, actually, in Las Vegas. He won there at the end of the year last year also, so... He is uh he's doing pretty well there. Well, um let's see what else do we have. This is a naive question, but when was the last time Justin Lamb didn't make it r- real far in Vegas? Yeah. That is a that's that's 
A great question. Like nice you're the statistician. Cool. Maybe we should. Maybe Nitro Joe has a stat on that. But when was the last time he didn't win or make it at least deep, deep? I don't know. He had a, he had a a, uh, I guess a, a little bad luck at this race, which is very unlike him. If I was making an odds board, I would have put him up there as the heavy favorite. Oh, I did forget to mention Brad Rounds uh, in the Superstock B Stock Cobalt. He beat Jimmy DeFrank in the final. Uh, Superstock B Modified is Jimmy DeFrank. And back to Justin Lamb here. Okay. Round two of stock. Justin Lamb finds himself in a heads-up against Mike Johnston. They both have 2020 Camaros. Uh, factory stock D is their class. <clears throat> and Mike Johnston's 024 on the tree runs a 981. Justin Lamb's 031 on the tree runs a 984. That's actually like Justin Lamb 031 light is probably... That's, like, not that good for him. Uh, he's usually, like, teens or better every time he goes down the track. But he would have been locked out, assuming he did not. Neither driver hit the brakes. Um, Mike Johnson's 024 light mathematically locked Justin Lamb out from winning that. And that, in my eyes, changes, like, the outcome of the whole race because, you know, Justin Lamb's really good, and he may have gone on to win Stock Eliminator. Who knows? Yeah, I guarantee he's working really hard so that doesn't happen again. Like he's probably got the motor apart already. <laughs> he probably had it apart on Monday. There's uh he definitely puts in a lot of time and I think that's it's not a coincidence that he's really good. I mean that's that's with anybody. It's not just a coincidence that somebody does pretty good. So he definitely puts in the work and I think Vegas, if they bet on racing, which I hear they do, I don't know if it's an actual Vegas thing, but I almost can guarantee you money was lost on that round. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we don't know. It was a heads-up round, so maybe, maybe we don't know where the heavy money would have would have gone. I know, I would always assume Justin's fast as hard as he works on his stuff, um, but just looking at the qualifying sheet, Mike Johnston was qualified higher, and you gotta kind of assume that both drivers will step it up a little bit. So it's a tough call for the bet when Justin Lamb is in a bracket race versus a different class car. Then yeah, heavy favorite. I just think it's cool that they actually had a heads up. I mean, that I think those, the Copos like that, factory stock, whatever. Like, you don't have a really good, it doesn't seem like there's a real high odds of having a heads up in that class typically. So that's pretty cool. There's getting to be more of them out, and it's not a hiding class. It's uh, just like the rest of us. you got to fight for your life. Right, and they don't separate sticks and autos, so the likelihood of a heads up in those classes is just going to, you know, keep increasing. And I think they only go down to factory stock. I don't remember what they go down to. G? G might be the last one. It's, or I could be totally off with that. No, they go down to K. Or uh, L, my bad. Uh, so factory stock double A all the way down to factory stock L. Sticks and autos not separated. Um, the other, now that we're on, I mean, I don't want to make this whole episode based on uh, Justin Lamb, but he did... Have a tough one round three of super stock as I was looking through all the uh, results. He went 011 red uh, against Doug Brodus, who had a 106 light. So Justin was giving up the head start. So that's probably a tough one where you're kicking yourself coming up the return road. So it was not his weekend at his home track. I'm sure he will bounce back and do something amazing before the season's end. I feel sorry for anybody against him at the next race he goes to. <laughs> Like, 
He's going to be pretty serious. Yeah, he's he's always serious right. and always on the game, but he's going to be a little extra sharp, I have a feeling. Yeah. I wouldn't want to face him. We did have another cool heads up in round one of stock. Actually, Shelby Williams in a 1970 Camaro versus Brad Burton in his 72 Firebird, a D-stock automatic heads up. This was a hell of a run. Shelby Williams was 011 on the tree and went 1071.9. And Brad Burton was 029 on the tree and went 1069.8. So we're talking a couple thousands at the finish line. Now that was a close one. That's the one where you just like go through the traps and just look to your wind light and hope that it lights up. And, you know, you hope for mercy from the wind light. Maybe, maybe. I mean, they actually went all the way through. <laughs> I think they did. We're going to do eighth mile and we're just going to coast after that. <laughs> yep, they both went 120 miles an hour. There was no no thousand foot rate. I mean, 1070 is 120. That sounds pretty accurate to me. So, yeah, no thousand foot races there. We can get more into that later. I, I, I asked about that on a little blurb la last week that I did, and it just... It's baffling to me. It always has been, and I just I don't get it. I guess I'm just too simple-minded. Did we yeah. get hate mail from that episode? Probably. It's, yeah, it's in my mailbox. I don't check it. I haven't seen it, but I was expecting hate mail. When you were doing that, I was I'm like, oh, boy. I know. You were slouching down, totally separating yourself from that episode. <laughs> now, Scott Logie and Chad Logie had to race each other in the second round of stock. I don't know if they're brothers, father and son, uncle, nephew. Maybe somebody can... Fill us in on that, but uh, Scott, Scott whole shot at Chad, but took way too much stripe, so Chad got the win. So that was, man, that had to be frustrating for Scott. So anybody out there knows Scott and Chad Logie? Are they brothers? Maybe they're not even related, and that's just a common last name out there. Who knows? Somebody, somebody, let me know. And then one, one other thing I wanted to point out, too. Brock Brodus in the Superstock P-Automatic 1995 Camaro going, like, 1260s. He made it all the way to round four. So I was happy to see that because I'm a big fan of the slow cars. Because, in my opinion, they really have no shot out in Vegas. So, Jody Lang. Uh, poor Jody was, what, 020 in the first round, treed the other guy and didn't run his number, so... I mean, it's hard. He, he, as Warner, Brian Warner said, Jody is the anomaly. Other than that, every car in the finals of stock and super stock, first of all, super stock was two modified cars, B modified and B stock. So they're both going eights and low nines. And then in super uh, stock eliminator, A stock automatic versus uh, 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 Stanfield, who was, he was up in a, uh, a fast class too. I think B stock automatic. So, it's Vegas. You could almost argue that with my I wouldn't dare go out there with my twelve second car. You I'm could almost not that good. You could almost argue that Jody Lang going out was just as big of an upset as Justin Lamb that early. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yep. When I saw that, I was I was surprised because that could that that's a key round and that's a big confidence builder when you're the opponent to get a win over somebody like that. I mean, poof. The feeling that gives you, it makes you feel like you won the race already. And then just adds to the confidence for the next round. Yeah, it, uh, 
I, I still think, like, so, how fun would it be if they actually did four wide? Like, I want to see, like, a class race or revival type race where just stock, super stock, four wide in Vegas. That would be pretty cool. Would definitely cut out on the uh, games, right? <laughs> yeah. How about if th- you're you're in lane number four, you're trying to judge a stripe against lane number one, who's about fifty feet away from you. And think about uh, how much faster staging was. Just set a rule: if three cars are ready, they go. Oh like, man! It's like a race to stage. <laughs> Just come out of the burnout and don't even stop. Just keep rolling. So Nitro Joe sent you something on your messenger. We uh. Thanks for listening, Nitro. Um, for anybody listening out there that wants to have the stats on the combinations, I think I would think ninety percent of the people know about this, but the new people don't. Look up Nitro Joe. He uh, he puts together a big stat book. It's really neat. If you want to know all the combinations, what the fastest times were, what the averages were, hit him up. He does a really good job at that. Yes, I'm. I'm always asking him questions on here too. Like, hey, Nitro, especially when a GT car does something. Nitro, what combination is in that car? And he, he's the man. You know, he tells me the engine, the year, and the horsepower rating. So Nitro just sent us a picture of a golf cart literally covered in snow at St. Louis yesterday. So I think we figured out why they canceled the race. Um, the cool thing is we did some upgrades here. We're not quite fully functional, but here, hopefully in the next episode or two we'll be able to screenshot these and show them right up on our our uh broadcast so that'll be really cool so you guys are losing some of maybe i'll put these pictures on our facebook page but yeah it's literally snowing at the track in st louis so i guess now i understand why they canceled that it kind of excites me too because i i can go there in the fall i just i can't get very far from home right now with the spring happening but that uh I'm glad it got rescheduled. I'm sorry for everybody that drove there and watched it snow. Yeah, that is a shame. So, like Brian just said, the event was supposed to be this weekend. It was just supposed to be a single divisional this weekend, wasn't it? I believe so. And now it will be run in conjunction with the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series event scheduled for September 30th to October 3rd. It's going to have a double divisional. And then there is a national, I believe, rate... After it or before it? You know, Brian? Uh, the Nationals first, the weekend before, and then it goes into the double divisional. All right, so you have a National. You can probably leave all your stuff there and then do a double divisional. That's wonderful. Three races. You should haul your stuff there. That seems to be our meeting point. Like, just haul your stuff there. I'll go there and we'll spend the week and talk to racers and do interviews. Actually, yeah, could be a possibility now for me. I'm going to take it into consideration. I was thinking that yesterday when I read it. Um, also, we forgot to mention about Nitro Joe. I think yesterday was his birthday. Happy birthday, Nitro Joe! You gotta get him a present. What do you get a guy that's that smart? I don't know. Maybe he needs a, some new spreadsheet software or a fancy calculator or... Is it Nitro? Have you Artisan wore out your coffee. Have you wore out your abacus, Nitro? <laughs> oh, there's a math joke for Bobby. Oh no! Wow, we just went off on a deep tangent there. We did. So he actually said the national open was on Thursday, and the divisional was the rest of the weekend, is what it was supposed to be. So it was going to be a double this weekend, then yes. not a double divisional, but it was going to be an 
a double grade point weekend. So they're always appreciated. Happy birthday, Nitro, and thank you for keeping us up to date on stats and all the details. You're the best. Around. Nobody can ever keep you down. What else do we got? Well, I'm pissed off about my beloved Atco Dragway was having a race this weekend. It was more of a an import type of race. Now, Atco is not far from me, about 40 minutes um, uh, northwest of me. I'm down near Atlantic City. Atco's in, like, more toward the center of New Jersey. They are... All right. So they're allowed to have a 3,000... Uh, a capacity of 3,000 people in the crowd. All right, despite the fact... All right, this is going by what the owner says, Linkapun. Despite the fact that the raceway is 180 open acres and has capacity for twenty to 30,000 spectators, the state capped the capacity at 30% of the grandstand. Okay, so their grandstands hold 10,000 people, so they are limited to 3,000 fans. Now, there were helicopters flying overhead, and there were cops there right by 10 o'clock in the morning. They had 1,100 fans... In the building, in the building, in the in the track, we'll say, 1114 to be exact, and the cops shut them down. They barricaded the place. They parked in front of it. They put cones up. They created a huge traffic jam too in in the area, and stopped uh stopped the race from bringing in any new uh fans or spectators. I don't think that they st stopped the race though and sent everybody home, thankfully, because that would have been an absolute disaster for the track. I think they were just allowed to continue, but they weren't allowed to have any new spectators or racers come in the gate. So it just it's enough is enough. You're outside, like I don't know. I'm the doctor, but come on, you got 180 acres here. Like, can we just be normal? They they didn't even have 3,000 people. So what was what was the argument here? I would love to know. But the owner says he he thinks he's targeted by the uh, by the cops and the governor and everyone so he's he's getting upset and frustrated and said they lost two hundred thousand dollars uh when he says they lost two hundred thousand dollars i don't know if he meant that's what he lost on that race this weekend or if that's what he lost like you know up to this point this year wasn't specific about that in the interview so he needs to move his track out to south dakota is what the uh the takeaway from this story is right brian well i would agree i would love to have a nhra track out here this that's actually another point um so yeah we have a nhra track in the center of the state oahe speedway uh, i think it what do they call it the best damn track around because there's a big dam there so it's kind of funny but it's actually a really <laughs> nice facility um it's not very old Got a bunch of trees. Actually, have full hookups with power, water, sewer. Like it's it's probably one of my favorite tracks to go to. Other than it gets really hot there, and I'm fat and I don't like the heat. But uh, it's really nice. The guy built it. Um, really set it up really nice. And then something happened. It was shut down for a year, and there was actually a whole group of racers that got together. Like one guy donates the traction compound, another guy donates trophies. Like they got a really good group together, and they've really done a great job of pulling it together. Um, and working on some of the issues too with the track like there's been some traction issues something about the surface and they were planning on redoing that and it's just been a it's been really awesome it's 
three, three and a half hours from me, but I try to go there every year. Um, to our star association races there, and I really enjoy going. But they actually weren't able to make a contract with the owner this year, so they just scrubbed the whole season. And it, I just hate to see any track go. I mean, we all can complain about little things about every little track around, and we haven't beat this soapbox for a while, but it's uh, it's just sad. Anytime you lose a track, you're just a little step further, and we got to drive a little farther, and with fuel prices and everything else. I mean, it just it's really detrimental to the state or the sport, I should say, to lose any track or, you know, obviously you go out there, you're being haggled here. We just, you know, trying to keep it alive. And anytime you lose a track or have something like that, it's just, it's really sad and it's hard on the sport. So support your local tracks, even if they're dumps, <laughs> even if you don't agree with them, just go race at them at least once in a while because we need everything we can get. Amen. Amen. So I wish New Jersey would just get its act together. Because think about this. Where do you think all those racers that were trying to come in and race, where do you think they just went with their import cars and, and whatever they wanted to go show off on the track? They probably went to Front Street in Philadelphia or somewhere to go down there and street race and potentially kill somebody. So that's what these cops need to remember. The whole point, the whole reason drag strips opened in the first place was to get street racers off the street and on a track that was, you know, safe and uh, monitored. Now, this is just getting ridiculous. All right, that's my rant on that. Now, Bucky Hess brings up an uh, interesting point on ClassRacer.com about a national event alternate list. So here's the deal. Brian, I know you haven't run a national event yet, but you probably will at some point this year or next year. <clears throat> they're taking so few NHRA has lowered the quotas so much that it takes eight grade points to get in. I can't imagine what the uh, national event in Reading, Pennsylvania will be at the end of the year. I mean, given that division one is like a hotbed for stock eliminator, I mean, they can get 128 stockers at their divisional. So they're going to take, they're actually taking 70 stockers at that race. Usually looks like all the events are only taking 60 or even 50 some places. So you need eight grade points to get in. Problem is people enter with eight grade points. And then the Monday right before the race, some of them will withdraw. So the race was full for somebody that had seven or six or five or less grade points, couldn't get in this whole time. Now people withdraw right before the race and NHRA sees that only 68 people or 65 people or something like that, something lower than the quota has entered and then that gives them reason to lower the quota even more for next year. Whereas people that were trying to get in the whole time couldn't get in. So we were, uh, well, not we, but members of Class Racer, because I didn't chime in on this because I don't know, I don't really have a good uh, idea for it. They were looking for an alternate list. So anybody that has any ideas on that in the chat, let us know what you think about that. An alternate list for national events. I think it would be nice. It would have to be something like like a non-refundable deposit, though, or something. Because you just can't have people taking spots, saving spots for others. It's just... Whatever system's put in place, it's going to get manipulated. What do you think, Brian? You got anything to add to that? I think just open it up, take more cars, and qualify the field. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Uh, that went without saying. I'm all for that. <laughs> I mean... 
whatever. Let 120 cars sign up. If somebody wants to pay and sign up and take a shot and qualify, then that's just going to make everything better. You're going to have less sandbagging and less game playing. For sure. Take 100, qualify 80. Or 64. Take 80, qualify 64. I don't even think 80 is enough. Um, if you take... If you take... Well, 64 and 128 would have no buy runs whatsoever. But anything in between that is going to have something somewhere. Yeah, I think... Well, even... So let 120 cars sign up. You have to qualify. They take the top 60. Is a business model. They're still going to get the money. People are going to take the chance to try to qualify if you think you can. You might sneak in. I mean, as a business model, you're collecting more money with the same amount of work. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, but now you bring in a whole new aspect of, well, guys that can only run, you know, four or five under the index, they aren't even going to try. And then... They're not even going to show up to... They probably wouldn't show up to divisionals either. Why do I need grade points if I don't have any shot of qualifying for a national event? So they might just pack it in all together. Or they're going to go, you know, really hard and try and put together a combination that can qualify and make the field. So definitely taking more cars would help. Um, Brian Warner says the gold and silver, like world champs, they need to wait until the end to enter. Or it would be nice if they waited until the last week to enter because they can enter whenever they want. Um, I don't know. You can't fo- some some world champs. Some people like low quotas. Like if you know if you only have to worry about besting fifty cars or sixty cars, why would you want one hundred and twenty cars to show up if you're a really good you know racer All right. driver? Case in point: Class Race Revival, probably the best air, the best track, and the fastest. Every car there's went. Uh, I'm not sure what day this is. I think this is the first race. The low qualifier on the sheet under was 23 under. He was number 73. Uh, the 60th was 77 under, 70 under. So, theoretically there, everybody still has a shot. Yeah, yes. 77 under. People are going to go faster. People are going to try to qualify harder. Well, that's going to also make the, you know, the automatic horsepower factor work better too. Right. I definitely agree with that. And at that, and at St. Louis, there was no reason for anybody to sandbag. People were taking weight out of their car that they hadn't taken out in years. It was just, it was more of an all out situation, which is nice to watch. I mean, even my slow junk qualified, I could have made it. So I think anybody has a chance. I think we would have to take that a step further. We'd have to look at the... Uh, so that's the Class Race Revival. We have to look at the uh, Sportsman Showdown, check out what their qualifying sheet looked like also. But, I mean, everybody there went a tenth or two faster than they've ever went probably in their life. At least the people came from here. Um, we never see air like that. So you're trying to tell me in Brainerd in the summer? I mean, Yeah. Just about anybody could make it, but at least make a chance. I mean, people are going to obviously step up their game. They're going to qualify higher, which that's a win-win for everyone. Are you going to shut it off at the thousand if the only way to make the show after you drove there and spend the money? No. Well, that eliminates that eliminates the thousand foot qualifying if you have to make a field. 
So there can't be too much of that going on at Indy, right? If you if they're taking 160 cars and only qualifying 128, they used to take 180 cars. They they slashed it by 20 cars, but I I can't imagine a lot of people. Maybe like an Ernie Neal car could could literally kill the ignition at a thousand foot and still qualify in the top 20, but not too many other cars can do that. All right, well, we'll get hate mail for that, too, but that's okay. <laughs> we like it all. The complaining customer is our friend, is what the great Bader told us, so bring it yep. on. So, national event alternate list. Somebody chime in, comment in the comments uh, what you think about that. Leave a comment on YouTube also. Uh, which, All right, let's get into this 1,000-foot racing. Okay, so I did a little blurb on this last week, <clears throat> and um, this just drives me up a wall, this 1,000-foot shit because again like what i was saying how do they actually work who who like so you, you you chase the guy or whatever you guys are so close neck and neck i mean how how can you tell who crossed first if it's a close race like that what do you do then do you just keep going do you guys both hit the brakes like do you hit the brake and then just blip your throttle so you can put a little fender on the other guy and act like you didn't know and just plead ignorance when you get the win and how is that? That is the honor system of all honor systems, I think. A handshake deal in the staging lanes for a heads up run. I haven't found myself in that situation, so I don't have anything to offer. Um, I think I've been in one heads up race, and yeah, it was my first time down the track pretty much in a stock eliminator car, so. And when the guy next to you has you by like four or five tenths, it's pretty insignificant. Well, you're going to bob and weave, dude. You're in A-stock automatic, which I almost forgot to mention here. Connor Statler, there were nine A-stock automatic cars in this field. He was the eighth fastest. So just on the, on the sheet. Now, maybe he had a ton in the bag that he could have used when he needed it. But he got through that whole field with, nine, with eight other A-stock automatic uh, automatic cars. So, Brian, if he can weave around, you you're gonna be able to do it too. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe that's my uh, maybe I'll have to keep that in my bag. So, all right, we're gonna do a thousand foot, and I'll just have my fingers crossed behind my back when we make that agreement, and I'll run it all out, and they'd probably still beat me. <laughs> well, my thing is with this thousand foot racing. Now, I it happened at the Baytown race two weeks ago. And you just like, dude, if you keep 1,000-foot racing the same people all the time and they just keep beating you, what is the point? Put that thing on absolute kill. Hope that you tree your opponent. Hope that they sit on it. They're the faster car. And hope that you trigger, you know, an AHFS review. Like, you got to plan, plan ahead for the future that maybe you can get them, you know, one or two times from now. Well, I understand why they do it, um, and I can see both sides. I guess my thing would be, if you want to write the check for my car, you can tell me how to drive it. If it's my car, I pay for it. I'm going to run it how I want to run it. And I think that's all these combos, you know. If somebody wants to run their car all out and put hit it with the uh, horsepower, you know, they wrote the check for it. It's their money. Like, let them deal with it. It's nobody else to ridicule or tell them how you're going to run your program unless you want to write a check. I guess that'll be my official stance. If you want to pay for my car, you can tell me how to run my combo. Otherwise, shut up and sit down. 
Well, you have cars that can 60 foot better. You got cars that pull that last 300 feet better. You got carburetors versus fuel injection. I mean, that's an argument. Versus, uh, first gen big block Camaro versus a, uh, what, a fourth gen? Which is the fourth gen pulls harder at the finish line, whereas first gen leaves harder. I mean, you got that argument there. Uh, you... Now, the only time that I could see this thousand foot racing crap is if you have two cars in the same, uh, with the same engine combo, and neither one of them wants to hit the combo for each other. Okay, now we do this thousand foot thing. But when you got a Ford versus Chevy, okay, you got to play the chess game and try and go for the long term, the long term investment, in my opinion, which is I'm going to do everything I can. You are faster than me. I'm going to do everything I can to make you get hit with horsepower so that next time or maybe two times from now, after you get hit one or two times, then, you know, that's it. Plus, if you go more than a second under against me and you beat me, all right, fine. Let's say you went 118 under. Okay, you're not going to get an automatic hit. But let's say we get paired up again at the next race. Heads up. Now you got a choice to make. You're either going to go 118 under again to beat me, or you're going to start thinking, hmm, if I go one second under again, now I'm triggering a review. Now I have to slow myself down throughout the season so I don't have an average of 85 under or higher because now I am going to get hit with horsepower. So I think play the chess game, go for the long-term investment. That's my stance on it. 1,000-foot racing annoys me. I, I like... I'm all about you know, qualifying and positioning yourself. And I think that's cool. And I think it's a fun game to play. I play it myself, but, uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm in the eliminator, I'm, 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 I'm here to win and that's it. And if I screw myself to win, then, then so be it. And if it's a national event, you better believe I'm, I'm a thousand foot racing. Nobody. <laughs> Maybe you just add more weight. All right. We're going to add in, we're just going to add weight to the cars and then race all out. That's a terrific idea, actually. Run it all out. Both put in, you know, 10 pounds less than the uh, next class. Minimum weight. Load the cars up with weight. You can inspect them. Or my theory is just run your own race. You know what? If I'm going to run it all out, I'm going to run it all out. I'm not, I'm not quitting at 1,000 feet. But it's fortunately in my combo that it's pretty much impossible to go 120 under. So I have pretty much a lot of confidence if that did happen, I'd be so ecstatic that my car actually worked that good that it wouldn't matter. I think also a lot of people don't understand how the, the horsepower, automatic horsepower factoring system works. And I'm surprised. I, have, I had a friend that was racing at least 10 years longer than me asking me how it worked. And also asking me what his 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 minimum weight in super stock was wrong for like eight years, um, so he didn't even know how to calculate his own weight. So I found that funny. This is a former national event winner, and uh, was racing when I was before I even got my first race car. I used to you know go to the track in the early two thousands and watch, and he was running super stock. He was he, he's not much older than me. He's a young guy, and uh, I just you'd be amazed at what people don't know and understand. So it's potentially uh, that the fact that people don't understand how this horsepower factoring system works. And um, 
even Brian Warner brings up a good point. Some people think that if they just go a second under one time, that's it. They get horsepower, and that's not how it works. But if you want to think that, that's fine. But you need to go a second under two times. If you do that two times, that triggers a review. Now they calculate your average. If your average is 85 under or quicker, you get hit. And I believe you get hit with the 1.25%. Like now, how- if you go 1.2 seconds under, you get an automatic hit on Monday or Tuesday morning. I like how he also puts on there, I'm constantly being asked for the last qualifying around what I'm doing. Are you moving up or staying put? Well, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, you're Warner. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hide from you, too. I got to think the Warner qualifying method is my brother and I need to be back-to-back so we don't have to race each other until the final round. And then you throw Herbie Null in there, and I don't know. Now all three of them kind of have to avoid each other until semifinal rounds. That would be my assumption, Warner. You can let me know if I'm accurate or not. Or just give me a middle finger up on the chat window. Who knows? <laughs> Is there that emoji? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, boy. What else do we got? Um, T-shirts and stickers. Lots People of T-shirts have and stickers. ordering T-shirts and stickers from us so we just want to remind them that we do have them for sale i told everybody that brian has them at his facility well so, and we're even uh the guys that have ordered there's a few sizes that we are sold out of already um they're going pretty fast so we're gonna have to get uh we're starting a list if the size is already ordered out we're starting a list and we'll we'll get more coming as soon as as soon as we can so appreciate your patience um I had no idea they'd go as fast as they are. So we appreciate everybody for the support, donations, and like I said, the t-shirts. It's We made a made a pretty good uh, upgrade into the studio that hopefully we'll be able to roll out here in the next episode or two. And I think it'll I think everybody will really like the changes that are coming. So thanks for the support and helping how you can. And Brian did give me a middle finger emoji. <laughs> Leave it to Warner to find that one. It's probably his most favorite. <laughs> Um, just because I did a little blurb last week, I, I want to, since we're having like an official episode here, the, uh, winners from the Baytown, the Houston division four Lucas oil drag race, uh, was in stock. Jerry Emmons, a stock automatic in a 69 Camaro. He had a heads up final versus Britt Cummings. I was looking forward to it. My goodness. I was watching and watching and watching. Couldn't wait for this heads up final. And it was just so anticlimactic. I think Britt Cummings spun off the starting line and that was it. They were both kind of able to shut him off. And Superstock Greg Stanfield won in GTJ Automatic. He had an 87 Camaro. And I'm just going based off of memory here. So I don't remember who Greg Stanfield beat in the final. Watch last week's little blurb if you want to uh, see who he raced in the final. This is going to be a dumb question, but what are, what's going on this weekend? This weekend, so we have, we were supposed to have, St. Louis, and we were supposed to have the NHRA Nationals in Arizona. So I don't think either one of those are happening. But South Georgia Motorsports Park, Division Two race, that's what's on my calendar. Isn't there, uh, isn't the Michigan, or isn't that uh, the Great Lakes? Where was that at? 
up this weekend or is that next weekend? What other is there any other association races out there guys listening to? Like we're all about promoting all of them. Oh, May first and second. Guaranteed fifteen hundred to win. May first and second. So a couple more weeks till that one. I kinda lose the spring's terrible for me. I'm busy and running around and I kinda lose all track of what actual day it is, so I apologize for that. I should have known that. But yeah, May first and second, <laughs> fifteen hundred to win at the mid Michigan Motorplex. So that'll be awesome. Fifteen hundred to win, two thousand to win if over forty cars. Two days, two races. Be there or be square. All right. When was that? May first and second. Yes. And where was it? Uh, Great Lakes. Yep. Mid Michigan Motorplex. Okay. All right. That's your. You had one job, Brian. You're supposed to get the schedule for all the association races so we can pump them up. I have the NHRA schedule that I filled in, but I just feel like I keep canceling or crossing things out, and I could be getting confused right now. But according to my schedule, there is a divisional in Georgia, Division Two race this weekend. So somebody let me know if I'm wrong on that. And thank you, uh, Stan and Sheila Holt, whoever it was, Stan or Sheila. Greg Stanfield raced Brett Candies in the final at Houston two weeks ago. Brett Candies was doing some killer driving and but Stanfield's driving was amazing uh, that week. The guy is tearing it up. And then he was in the final in stock at Vegas. So Greg Stanfield, the pro stock, former pro stock racer, engine builder, and lights out in stock and super stock driving. So I don't want to race him either. My list of people I don't want to race just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. At some point, I'm just probably not even going to go to the races anymore. Well, you have an excellent... Uh possibility of being a new uh media personality there i mean i keep watching your interviews like when did he, that guy was there that's awesome like it's been kind of fun to sit back and watch him so thanks for putting all those together and doing that work like that was really cool i can't wait to see it more races doing that thank you yep i can't wait to do it more and i was really i was really enjoying it and um well we'll see I, i'm gonna do it at yellow bullet nationals in Maryland in mid-May. So not stock and super stock, unfortunately for me, but, you know, just a whole nother, a whole nother avenue of racing for me to uh, check out for the first time. You're not going to go to the dark side, are you? NHRA events. Like, I would love to keep interviewing people, but NHRA national and divisional events, I don't know. Don't want to uh, kind of get trouble for doing something like that. I don't know what the rules are. Maybe somebody else can let me know. Come on, Bobby. Just turn the Beastie Boys on. Isn't that breaking the law? Breaking the law. <laughs> Have it cranked in your ears when you're walking around to interview people. <laughs> yep. I don't want them taking my NHRA number and not let me race anymore. Don't forget, this is the whole the whole reason I got into this game. I want to drive a car. You Gosh sh- damn it. You need to come I, over I here. like another month until my first race. Come over here to our association races. You know, we're, uh, we're all inclusive. We'll let you walk around and interview whoever you want and You'll start to come to the dark side and have fun, you know, where you can actually race. And every race is a big money race. And the people are super nice. And our governor lets us do what we want. Like, you should really move to the middle, middle earth. Oh, Christy Gnome. Cut Werner, Judas Priest. All right, sorry. Wrong reference on the breaking the law. <laughs> he, he always keeps us straight. Thanks for, uh, thanks for yeah. the uh, keeping us on the straight and narrow there. I think editor. he just knows that song really well. That's how he knows it. 
I, I know, right? <laughs> oh, and somebody make me a suggestion for an iPhone. I, I was using the new iPhone SE for uh, for these interviews, and the, the, the automatic refocusing was just driving me absolutely nuts. So I need something better. I don't know. I'm thinking about a 12. Yeah, I get the 12. They just came out with a new, brand new purple one yesterday. Oh, purple one. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah. What does that do for me? <laughs> I don't know. They just made a big deal out of purple. I guess at least if you lost your phone, nobody's going to steal it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, some little teenage girl dropped her iPhone 12 <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> or, Craig, maybe you have a, a suggestion for a camera. But I see, I don't want to, like... I don't want to have a big, like a real camera. Plus, I was trying to get in these interviews. I was supposed to be holding, you know, Mike and actually interviewing people, but it turned into since my co-host was racing and winning races, I just had to hold my own camera, and it kind of just went like that for the whole weekend. So it's probably going to stay like that forever until I get a. Well, speaking of sports betting at races, I would put pretty good money that the odds of that happening again probably aren't very likely. So I'll probably be a better support person the next time we're together. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take you up on that next time if we ever are in the same, you know, facility ever again. But anyways, all right. I think we covered everything we needed to cover today. And we got all our winners. Did uh Yep, we All right. I mentioned everything I needed to mention today. Craig, you can take us away. Away. <clears throat> all right. This is class racing today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh don't forget to get you up in the morning, Artisan Coffee, coffeebyartisan.com is the website. <clears throat> T-shirts and stickers, classracingtoday at gmail.com. If you want to just send a note and say hi, we like to hear from you. So thanks a lot for hanging out with us and listening, sharing this out to your friends and loved ones. Uh, classracingtoday.com. Thanks for listening. You guys have a great day. For Bobby and Brian, this is Craig. Ha- see you later. Have a good one.